I want to speak this morning um, on uh, a subject, building, for tom- building tomorrow today. And over the next couple of weeks, I'm just going to share on this theme. Uh, uh, looking at, uh, Andrew alluded to it when he said about, you know, guys, any work you did today, you weren't just cleaning and making a bit of space, but you were investing for the future as we look to build a new building. And uh, that's one of the things that we're looking, a new hub, a community and worship hub uh, here, here on site. So, and uh, it's on that theme over the next couple of weeks that I just want to share uh, on this theme of today, building today for tomorrow. And the things you do in your life today will reap that which comes ahead of you. The things that you don't do will reap that which comes ahead of you. There are good things, there are bad things. There are good habits, there are bad habits. And what you invest and do today isn't just for today. It has implications for tomorrow. And uh, it, great this morning when Tim said, let's just pray across the generations. We're investing in the generations, not just our generation, but those coming you know, not behind us, but younger, and those going before us. We, we, we're building uh, today, uh, building tomorrow today. Um, some years ago, uh, in actual fact, it was September 1994, I was at a conference uh, in a church in Canada. It was on the end of a runway, in actual fact. It's quite incredible, the Vineyard Church. And, and uh, during this conference, something happened that, that sort of... Um, it wasn't wasn't in my on my radar at that time, but um, there was a church at that time. There was only about four hundred people in this 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 large auditorium, and there was a guy that would shout out in the in the middle of things. It took me by surprise. Big God, that took you by surprise, didn't it? Huh? <laughs> Forgive me for you have to cover your ears, but this guy would shout out, "Big God!" It did that to me, and he would run around the auditorium. I thought, my word, what on earth is going on here? What's going on? I, 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 I was an assistant pastor in, in Aberdeen at the time, and a few years just come out of Bible college. Big God! And he'd run around the church. But the story was he shared his testimony. He'd, he'd had an experience of God some months before where God, the Holy Spirit, had given him a revelation of his heavenly Father who loved him so much, but he had immeasurable power. He was a big God. And this guy had this revelation. He'd been a Christian a long time, but God to him now could do anything. God could do anything. And so in this revelation that he had this amazing experience, he would declare in faith, big God. I suppose if we all went around doing that, it might not be quite the same. But for him, it was an amazing revelation that God was great. And this morning, we've been singing adoration according to a great God, lifting up a great God who reveals himself as a beautiful, wonderful Heavenly Father. Uh, If you ask any Sunday school children their favorite stories from the Bible, so if you were to sit with children, they say things like uh, maybe uh, Noah and the ark built a big ship uh, when it had never rained. Um, Abraham, how he trusts God uh, to move from one country to another, not knowing where he's going to go. Um, uh, stuff like Moses. Some children will say, Moses, you know, pushes the sea apart, parts the Red, you know, the Red Sea. Incredible stuff. Uh, and you might, they might say stuff, like, they, they recall stuff like uh, David and Goliath. You know, the little shepherd boy with a few stones, pull, you know, beats this huge giant of a killing machine. Um, Daniel, the, you know, the stories will go on. Children will recall these amazing stories. Daniel in the den of lions. And the lions don't eat him, and yet he has this tremendous courage. 
from all those stories that, that children would retell and could tell and say that they're very excited by, in all of those stories there's something in common. Um, it's the strength and character of those individuals. The strength and courage that they put their trust in a big God. And they did big exploits because they had a big experience of a big God. All those characters of the Bible, those lovely Bible stories that we are oh, in that lovely the children's Bible. Lovely, Abraham, Noah. But they did big exploits. Why? Because they had a big experience of a big God. Big God. And um, this morning I want to ask you, how big is your God? I asked the same question of myself. How big is my God? I want to say to you, ask you this morning, how big is the God that you love? The Father is revealed to you. I know what it might be to me, what it might be to someone beside you, but that's the question. And so that's where we're going to go this morning. How big is your God? Because it's the experience of a big God that means that we're able to do big exploits, okay? It's that experience that enables us to do great exploits. Um, I would say that there are um, three God shrinkers there are three, that there's not just three, it's not, but I, th- I tend to think in three, so I'm going to share three. There's probably a bigger, a bigger list. But uh, three God shrinkers, three vision shrinkers of God. Uh, let, let me just go through them, just, uh, you know, not a definitive list, but look, let me just put them out there and just you can make your own mind up. The number one is the God of my cause. You know, as time goes by, as time goes by as a Christian, you know, my first experience of becoming a Christian, you know, the sky's the limit. But as the weeks, the months, and then the years go by, I become more realistic as time goes by and the knocks of life. And before you know it, you know, God shrinks a bit in my experience and my knowledge and my understanding. That's what I'm getting at. And one God shrinker is this, the God of my cause. During the American Civil War, a journalist asked President Abraham Lincoln, he asked, um, is God on the side of the North? You know, the Union against the Confederacy of the South. Is God on the side of the North? And Lincoln replied this. He said, the real question isn't whether God is on the side of the North, but whether we are on God's side. Are we on God's side? Isn't God, it's not that God is, is on my side. Am I found on God's side? You know, it's not wrong to um, ask God to help me and you. In my cause. That's not wrong. Help God help me in my family. God help me in my life. That's not wrong. That's, that's justified and right. But if it stays there, if it stays there, that can be a God shrinker. It can be a shrinker of the big God. The big God becomes a little bit littler because it's just around me, my, and my cause. And God is so much bigger. He's the creator of the universe. You know, I haven't had the privilege of, you know, some people I've met in church here have, have flown through the Grand Canyon in a helicopter. I haven't done that, but I hear it's an amazing wonder of the world. Well, God holds the Grand Canyon, not even in the palm of his hand, on his little pinky finger. It's, it, God is a great God, a big God. And so if, if I, I, I pull God, God down to my cause, it's not wrong to have a cause and want God to support me and love me, but it's not, is God on my side? Is am I found on God's side? That's more the question. It's a God shrinker if you, don't, if you leave it there. Second God shrinker that I would suggest to you this morning is the God of my understanding. 
of just my understanding. We have a, an understanding of God. And um, the great 20th century theologian, uh, a man by the name of Karl Barth. Karl Barth was a Swiss-German theologian, a brilliant thinker, phil- philosophical and theological thinker. Uh, he fashioned a lot of uh, theological works uh, in the, you know, sort of the mid-20th century. And uh, he wrote something called Church Dogmatics. Church Dogmatics is a, 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 a theological summary of God and life and Christianity. And it is a doorstop of a volume. It's multiple volumes. I wouldn't even be able to hold them in front of you. They're wider than I would. It's massive. He was an incredible, massive thinker. What I'm trying to get to is I couldn't even stand here and hold the volumes in front of you. The abridged version is sort of about that high off the platform. It's a massive thinker. He had an amazing mind on him. An incredible man, gifted. But this is what he had to say about that massive work, church dogmatics. Talk about getting a vision of God. Uh, He imagined imagined entering um, heaven... uh, with a, a trolley full of his books, his works, and the angels actually um, laughing at him. And then he said this. He, so he imagined he had this picture of, when asked about his life and work, he had this picture of entering heaven with an absolute trolley full of stuff. Forget supermarket sweep, when you used to have to go down the aisle and fill up your trolley, whatever it was. This was a trolley full of this theological works. And this is what he said. He said, we shall know all that is necessary, and we shall not have to write on paper or read any more. Indeed, I shall be able to dump even the church dogmatics over the growth of which the angels have long been amazed on some heavenly floor as a pile of waste paper. His understanding of God, he realized, was minuscule, even though he was a brilliant thinker. Brilliant in expanding the knowledge of God in the church and forming theology over this 20th century. He said, all of my works will be just waste paper when I see God for who he is. He's that big. God is that big. You know, no matter how learned we think that we are, we are limited and God is limitless. God is limitless. I'm not beating myself up. We all have an understanding of God and a knowledge of God. It's not to beat yourself up over that. But do you know what? You haven't got it all. I haven't got it all. My theology, my experience, it's not all arrived yet because God is, I'm limited. He is limitless. He is a big God. Third thing that, uh, it, that could possibly be um, a, uh, a shrinker A God shrinker is the God of my experience. I came across a story of a shopkeeper in New York City. Uh, It's a true story. And uh, he, at the age of 20, got married and he opened up his own little business in the the city that never sleeps, uh, New York City. And uh, his shop, he opened it up a few blocks from his apartment in in New York. Everything's in blocks and they go on, it's probably a number of miles away. A few blocks would be a couple of miles away. Anyway, so he opened up the shop. And he was an incredibly hardworking and diligent man all of his life. And so he worked from 8 in the morning till 6 at night, Monday to Saturday, diligently working. You could set a clock by the way in which he was diligent. He devoted himself to his business. He would lunch at work, wouldn't even go out 
he would lunch and stay in at work. Um, he stayed inside his apartment all day on a Sunday because he was absolutely exhausted. So he wouldn't venture out. He would just rest and recuperate in his apartment from his work of the week. You know, as I said, his daily routine was such that people used to say you could set your watch by the way he lived his life. He did this for 50 years before he died. He never ventured out of that routine. He continued in that routine, diligently, working really hard, doing his very best, but he never ventured out of that routine. He didn't take any holidays out of that routine. He never went down Fifth Avenue. He never went down Fifth Avenue. I've been down Fifth Avenue. It's an amazing experience to just walk down Fifth Avenue. He never saw a Broadway play, although he lived in New York. Never went and saw a Broadway play. He never visited Times Square. Not that you'll want to visit Times Square. It's probably too too loud and rowdy, but it's an amazing thing to visit Times Square. He never went up the Empire State Building, living in New York. Never, in all of his days, he never went up the Empire State. He never visited the Metropolitan Museum. He never wandered through Central park. It's acres and acres of this amazing, beautiful park in this big, massive city. It's a wonder to behold. He um, never visited the Statue of Liberty. Just one small experience of a massive, incredible city. And that can be a bit like us in our experience of God. God is so massive. God is so big. And even your experience and my experience is just like that, could be just like that shopkeeper. It's a small part of the discovery of the amazing nature and power and love and beauty of an incredibly big God. I, I lived in Scotland uh, for seven and a half years in, uh, in Aberdeen. And um, it was only in our, the year that we left did we venture out to the western side towards Inverness. Uh, I dragged Helen, the story goes, I dragged Helen, uh, pregnant at the time, to go and look at ospreys. She didn't want to go and look at ospreys out towards Inverness, but we drove a long way. Not that you might, you know, it's something that I wanted to do, but she didn't. But she did do it anyway. But it, we, never, we never explored until we were leaving. And the, you know, our exploration, our experience of God can be a shrinker, maybe even a stinker, if we don't watch ourselves in our, our experience. And so there's those uh, three things that could be. Um... So Paul... Um, He's an amazing man, and um, he speaks of enlarging our vision. And so, there's those, so we have to be aware. If we're aware of the, you know, those three shrinkers, just be aware of those is one thing. What can we do about it? We need to do something to continue to enlarge our vision of um, God. Uh, we, we need to enlarge our vision of God. You know, I find that um, as we pray, it releases promise. You know, when, when, we, when you and I pray, when we converse, when we listen and converse, when we speak to God and listen to God, that's what prayer is. It's as simple as that. Prayer is listening and speaking to God. But when we pray, it releases promise. We experience the promise of God and something of the greatness of God. Over time, we experience the greatness of God. Also, when we worship, I, I understand that. Throughout the Bible, all of those that did great things in God uh, spoke with a great God and listened to a great God. Or, or you, you read throughout the Bible, throughout the Old and the New Testament. You go look at church history, throughout the t- all the centuries of church history. Anyone that, that experienced anything of the greatness of God were people that listened 
spoke with God and listened to God and acted. Why? Because God is a great God and wants to impart that greatness in and through our hearts and our lives. Um, Our great God imparts big hope. Our big God imparts big hope, big courage, big strength, big vision, big ability. Because God is a big God. Come on, people. He imparts big hope, big courage, big vision, uh, big ability. Why? Because he's a big God. And he does this through the Spirit of God working in us and through us. We'll talk about that uh, a little bit more and a little later on in a, in a, in a few moments. But it's, it's through the place of prayer. Uh, and, and it's a similar, not, not even hour and hour after hour of prayer, but simply listening for God and speaking to God. That's what prayer is. He will impart a big vision, big hope, uh, big ability, big strength. He imparts that. He inputs that, imparts that to you and to me. Of all the people in the early church who understood and experienced this was a man called Paul the Apostle. And uh, it was Paul the Apostle that experienced this incredible sense of the greatness of God. And in uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, as Andrew was saying, as a church, we've been looking at the letter to the Ephesians in our life groups. And in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, I just want to read that one verse. I come back to it again and again because it's a verse that I have been praying over for now the last year. Particularly as a church, we look to build today. For tomorrow, particularly as a church, we looked at um, building people today for tomorrow, building a place. You know, when we look at our building, we're we're looking to raise another three hundred and thirty thousand pounds. People saying to me, "How? When are we going to start, Pastor?" I said, "Well, we'll start as we raise. We've got to raise a little bit more money first. We've got planning permission." But, um, and, but I believe that we have a big God. It's not just about buildings, big people. A big God who will do amazing things and gives us big hope, big vision, big strength, big courage, big ability. You know, some people thought we would never. I, I've, I've met people that said, I never thought we'd get planning permission to demolish a grade two listed building. I know it was a ramshackle of a building, tin shed, but that was listed, grade two. It's lost on most of you. Let me tell you, it hasn't been lost on me over the last 10 years. I've fretted a lot over that. But uh, grade two listing, to delist that, so difficult. But big God delisted it in the last year. It is amazing. For anyone that's new into the life of the church, you know, you would just think, oh, big deal. There's a grotty old building that you're going to pull down. That was grade two listed that a conservation officer made me look feel that little when he spoke about it with me. But big God has other ideas. And I believe that the big God who has given us planning permission will be the big God to see it through to completion. We're not going to just talk about it for the next 10 years. Oh, we've got planning permission, but we've got to start within three, you know, we've got a three-year start time. When we start, there's a three-year period, uh, not to finish, but once you start, you get, you get three years to start. We've got to commence that, so we need to raise. But I just believe that God that starts something, he will complete. And I happen to believe, and I'm praying over this vision of a big God, God, give him big strength, big hope, and big ability, and will do things more amazing outside I can even experience, 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 understand, he's a big God. 
And so Paul says this. He's, he's, he's writing to the, the Ephesian Christians, uh, and he says, um, I want you to know. He says, now to him. He ends in, in a, a moment of praise in chapter 3 uh, of that letter. And it's in a chapter form for us today in the modern translation. But he says this, now to him who is able to do immeasurably, speaking about God, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or even imagine according to his power that is at work in us. I'm going to unpack that just for a moment or two because it's a, it's a prayer, a big prayer, releasing the power of a big God in his people. It's an amazing prayer. Honestly, it really is a spectacular prayer, releasing the power of a big God in the midst of his people. It says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more. You see this, Paul uses what's called a double superlative have a look at that again, but do you read it? In the NIV, and what you see on the screen is quoted from the NIV, he says, now to him, that is to God, who is able. God has ability, all ability. And then he says, to do immeasurably more, the translation says. Do you see it there, up on the screen? Immeasurably more. In the New King James, it says, exceedingly abundantly above. It's called a double superlative. Paul's making a point. He's making a point here. Paul has a vision of a big God. He's got something. He's grasped something. That's what made him so different. That's why he's written most of the New Testament. And the church sees a lot of the, the, the apostles' teaching coming from Paul. Because he's grasped something. He, he uses a double superlative. He says, now to him, to God, who is able. God's ability. Then he says, describes it like this. God's ability is big. Really big. He says, it's immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. The New King James says, exceedingly abundantly. In other words, he's saying it's infinitely and above. Let me tell you, if it's infinite, there's nothing more. It's infinite. But he says this, it's a double superlative, infinitely and above. He's trying to say, look, God is so big, he can do anything, you know. It's, but if we limit it to our experience and my limited understanding, that's why I say, how big is your God? I ask the same question of myself, how big is my God? How big is God in my experience and in my knowledge and my understanding? And so Paul is trying to say to the church, look, be encouraged. This God, that we, his, his ability, when you pray, his ability is immeasurably more and above. It's amazing. It's incredible, the language that you see. God has infinite ability and inexhaustible energy. Just park for a minute because it's warm. And you begin to doze off. And just take that for a moment. God has infinite ability and inexhaustible energy. Just think about that for a minute. Let, this is why I'll show you another translation in a minute. It, God, not me and you. Well, we'll see. We'll look at what that means in a moment. But God... The double superlative that he's using there, he's saying this. In other words, God has infinite Ability and inexhaustible energy. Even the sun is going to die at some stage. So many billion years time. That's incredible. But God is inexhaustible. Come on. It's, it's amazing. I'm not talking it up. I, I, I'm one is quite realistic, rationalistic. You know, I, I, I don't pride myself about being feet on the ground. But I find this incredibly exciting. Meditating on it for the last year. Med- you have to. If a, let me tell you, if a conservation officer makes you feel this small and says you'll never delist that, you never, and he said you'll never delist that little brick building out there, Reverend Mancini, never. 
Never! He said, he didn't say that like that. I, I'm, <laughs> we will fight them on the beaches. No, no, no. Honestly, he didn't do any of that, but I'm making that. That's, that's an embellishment, but forgive me. I'm on a, I'm a, I'm on a roll now. But, uh, <laughs> but he did say, Reverend Mancini, do you understand? He said, don't you understand? That's conservation. Big God. At the time, I didn't know that. I felt so depressed. I thought, I'm never going to see this. But in the last year, I meditated on the big God. I'm not going to talk it up or talk it down, but let God do what God can do. Oh, come on. It's amazing. Don't let the world tell us that the church is dead. We're no good. Keep it to yourself. You know, you can't fight political correctness. Don't, 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 don't budge. Don't move. You know, nobody wants to know. Everybody wants to know. A world is a hurting world that needs big God. Needs a big God, his creation. So he says there, he can do immeasurably more. He has infinite ability. I'm not talking this up. You read it in the text of yourself, please. Don't, don't just trust what I'm saying. He has immeasurable, infinite ability and inexhaustible energy. In other words, he can do anything and everything. Just, just speak, no, don't have to say it out loud, but to yourself. God can do anything and everything. How about that? I can't, you can't, he can. God can do anything and everything. Oh, it's awesome. It's truly awesome. We use the word awesome as it's, we've had an awesome time and an awesome weekend. No, God is awe-inspiring, isn't he? Come on. He really is. This is a big God, a great God. So he says there, he uses this double superlative. So now to him who is able, God's ability is immeasurable, infinite, inexhaustible, uh, anything and everything. Wow. What a mighty God we serve. We sing those. You sing them in Sunday school. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. We serve a mighty God. The one true only God. The one true only God. No wonder this morning we've been exalting the name of God. Our Father through his Son and in the power of the Holy Spirit. What a mighty God we serve. Now, another translation, as I said, it's the New King James says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Same thing. Now look at this. This is in the message, which is a paraphrase, but it's an interesting modern paraphrase, and I like it. It's not on screen, but listen, read the message, uh, Ephesians 3.20 at some stage, because it says this, God, listen to this. So bear in mind all that the translation says. Now the message says it for you. It says, God can do anything you know. This is the message, okay? God can do anything, you know, far more than you can ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. That's the message. Because the gist of what the message is saying is true, because there's a big God. Your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around. How about this? But by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently in us. That's the message. In the NIV, it says, according to his power that is at work within us. How about that? God reveals and releases his power through and in you. I just want you just to I, just, just, just get hold of that just for a minute, because I think this is quite amazing. And I, I, I don't fully understand, and I'm, I want to experience more of this, what Paul says. I want to experience his resurrection and the cross and the power of his suffering. So I want to try and get hold of this now, more. So in this last year, and I still am, but I want to encourage you. Look at this. He says there, it's according to the work that is within us by his spirit. 
God reveals and releases his power in us and through us. By the power of the Holy Spirit, that big God hope, big God energy, big God courage, big God ability, Paul says this, that he releases it in you and through you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, God is sovereign. He can do what he likes himself, and he does. But also, he does it through you and I, the church. Isn't that incredible? You see, don't let the shrinkers and stinkers, those three things that I shared, stop big God working in, through, and in and our lives. This is what Paul is saying. Pray this immeasurable God that you may... Paul said, I pray that you experience the immeasurable, infinite ability and wonder of God in your heart and life through the power of the Spirit. That's what he's basically praying for the Ephesians. And we can pray for one another this very day. How about that? That's awesome. That is amazing. That is incredible. Now, as we come to a conclusion. And, and, and when I finish, if the worship guys, if you could come in a moment or two, when I, when I just come round up and pray, that'd be great. But as we sort of draw to a conclusion of this, just hanging on to this uh, experience and revelation of a big God. So, so God reveals and releases the power of his spirit, through the power of his spirit, rather. He reveals his big nature, his great nature. He reveals it to us. It's by revelation. It's interesting that the message says he does this not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. It's by grace, mercy, and love that God reveals himself in us. Not by how much we know, how much you read, how good a Christian or bigger Christian you are, It's purely by his Holy Spirit, opening up to the power of the Holy Spirit, saying, Holy Spirit, have your way in me. It's amazing. It's by revelation. David did not see Goliath as a giant problem, but as a giant provision for God to have his way. And I'm not saying that as a a fun idea and um, a little catch line or a tag. I really believe this now, I understand now with what Paul is saying about the greatness of God, that when King David, when David as a young shepherd rather, went out to fight a massive beast of a killing machine, he didn't see a giant problem, but he saw a giant provision because he had a vision of a big God, a giant God. The big God was bigger than the biggest giant. God is bigger than the Grand Canyon, not even on his little pinky, as I said, in the palm of his hand. You know, whatever is our giant, it is dwarfed by a big God. Whatever you and I face, whatever obstacle we face in life, to you and I, what, what is, a, 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 you know, someone said don't make mountains out of molehills. What is a mountain for you is not for somebody else. But whatever is your giant, whatever is your obstacle, whatever is our challenge, whatever we face as an as a individual, as a couple, or married, or in work, or in our health, or as a church, whatever we were to face, you know, whatever is the giant, David could see that there was a great God, a big God. And this is what Paul saw, and this is what Paul prayed for, the early Christians, to have this revelation. So it's as we are prayerful, come back to that at the beginning, when we pray that we receive promise, we experience the revelation of a big God when we speak and hear him. It's as simple as that. Don't beat ourselves up. And uh, so if you want to know, the power of a big God. Speak to him and hear him. Just give him a moment. Give him a time. 
You know, my, my um, conclusion this morning, let's pray big prayers, asking God to exceed, exceed our wildest dreams. I don't know what your wildest dreams are. I, I don't want to pray that I just hang on and hopefully someday see something happen. I want to see great things happen in our hearts and lives and in our town and in the surrounding area and through us as a church and in your lives. I pray that this great God, this huge, this big God, this great, he's got a huge heart of love that is no height nor depth, that we can't fathom. It's immeasurable, infinite, inexhaustible energy of love of God. That Let's pray big prayers, asking God to exceed our wildest dreams. You know, if you're struggling this morning, maybe you're struggling to pray. You say, oh, it's all very well. You, you know, you can, you've got time to spend the last year having a look at this. I haven't. I've got this to do. I've got that to do. And I've got everything else to do. Uh, I, I can understand maybe you saying that maybe this morning. But if you're struggling, then uh, how about some of us going around and encouraging one another? You know, the word encourage means to put courage into another. Encourage. It has courage in it. It means to Put it be an input for courage into somebody else. Input courage into somebody. Wouldn't it be great if we could pray courage into one another? This big God to pray for one another. It's great when Tim said, Look, we don't always do it in the morning. Can we just pray in one another in groups and for children and each other? Could we not pray and put courage into one another? This big God, pray, encourage. That's what it means to encourage, is to put courage in. Maybe you're not feeling very courageous today. But wouldn't it be great if somebody else could pray and input courage, this big God that might have his way in your heart and in your life and put courage into you. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we uh, acknowledge our need of you this morning. I acknowledge my need of you. My courage and my strength are not my own. They can only come from you and my reliance on you. And you are... You can do immeasurably more than I can ask or even imagine. You can do more than my wildest dreams. I pray, Father God, that there will be a spirit of release. You know, I I know myself, there are times when I think, that ain't going to happen. I'm not going to see that. Pigs might fly. Can't use me. They can't do that in them. That ain't going to have them here. I just pray that wildest, there's a release of our wildest dreams in you. I pray for a release in the realm of the spirit for our wildest dreams in you to be released. Father God, would you reveal yourself to us and in us and through us by the power of your Spirit this morning. Holy Spirit, we open up our hearts to you. Maybe if you've never done this before this morning, open up your heart to the person of the Holy Spirit. Say, refresh and restore. Come in again and renew my heart. Would you do that right now? Maybe you're here this morning and you need a renewal in the Spirit. You need a renewal in your heart. I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you be released afresh. Afresh. I thank you, Father, that this is something that I can't always understand. Your ways are higher than my ways. There are some things I can't rationalize. And I, th- I just feel this morning, there's some people here this morning, if you're like me, I, I'm not an engineer, but I did do electronic engineering many, many years ago. And I think a little bit, like that so the danger is I try and think it through it's not wrong but there are people here this morning you're a deep thinker and it's not wrong to be a deep thinker it's a good thing but that is standing in the way of you taking that step of faith open up your heart and let the big God reveal himself because you can't and I can't rationalise the great nature of God he's bigger higher and greater 
I can't contain him. I pray, Father God, that you'll not be contained yet. Now you'll, there'll be a massive breakout, an amazing release, a miracle release in the heart of our church and in marriages and in homes, with children and families, in people's health, well-being, in our knowledge and experience of your goodness and your mercy. I pray, Father God, in, in, in the hearts and lives of young people and, and, and Lord, just an, an amazing release of your divine energy and goodness and mercy. Father, I pray for wildest dreams to be released. I know that's a bit of a dangerous thing to pray, maybe. But I just pray, Father God, you can't be contained. I just pray wildest release of all that you have for each person here this morning and for us as a church. And it's not just for us as a church. It's the community. It's, the, it's our nation. It's others. It's other people. It's other nationalities. It's a wild release of the goodness and mercy of God because you're the creator of all, Father of all. Come and expand our vision and our experience of who you are. Father God, we pray. Lord Jesus, have your way. Holy Spirit, come. We ask. You're a great God. You're a great God. Let's stand together as we worship and seal. I just feel, I feel that God wants to input courage into our hearts and lives. I just feel, I do, I feel, I've been, I just pray that God wants to input courage, His courage, I'm talking about God's courage, into our hearts and lives this morning. As we open our hearts, His courage is His strength, His hope, His ability. His infinite availability. Where all hope is gone, He is our hope. Let's open our hearts to Him. Let faith rise. Despite what I see, Lord, I No matter what I feel, let faith rise. So let's receive courage. Encourage means put courage in. I believe God can impart that, you know. I believe God can impart that. Right here, right now. We're going to sing the refrain again God of miracles come God of miracles and as we reach out to heaven I encourage you to raise your hands to heaven signifying an open heart and uh, I just pray right here right now we're not going to you know with the time that we have here this morning this moment but let's just pray that each one of us receives courage input of courage something of the greatness of God will impact your heart and my heart here right now and Uh, Jesus would often say things like this, look at me. He would often say to people when he walked, look at me. Then they would look and then he would say, what do you need? And then he'd heal them. And so uh, as we look towards God right now, he reaches out to us, you see. This is very, very powerful when we lift his name. 
And so as we raise our hands to heaven with hearts that are open, we're looking at him. Jesus said, look at me. And now he, and, and it's an input of courage for your family, for your life, for your marriage, for your home. The decisions that we have, a greater sense of a revelation that the greatness and bigness of who God is, bigger sense of who God is in our hearts and lives. And as we just raise our hands at this last moment, I just pray, Father God, that there will be a release of your spirit in our hearts and lives. I just pray, Father God, that faith is released. I just pray, Lord God, that you will expand our capacity to receive and release your courage. I pray there will be a massive receiving and a release of courage this morning. Some of us don't even realize maybe what's happening. But ah, it's good enough for me, God. It's good enough for me. And so we pray as we just sing this refrain with our hands to heaven and our hearts open wide, let's receive his strength and his courage. Maybe you need courage at work to stand. Maybe you need courage in your family to make a decision and stand. Maybe there's courage that we need. All of us need some sense. Let it be a release, an input of something of the greatness and bigness of God's strength in your heart and life. Come on, let's raise our hands to heaven, sing this last refrain and receive right now what God has for us. Let faith arise, spot of what I see, spot of what I see, Lord, I believe. I pray, Father God, as we go from here, we may go in your strength, your grace and your mercy that we will have an experience of your infinite and inexhaustible ability in and through our lives. Not only in our lives and in our families, but through our lives as well. Pray for the release of many, many miracles, a release in and through our lives. In Jesus' name we pray throughout the rest of this week coming. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.